Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Hello and welcome to the show tonight. I'm so glad you chose to join us. I think we're in for a delightful episode. The topic tonight is The Light Within Atlantis, and our guest tonight is Sharon Millen Barber. We're going to bring Sharon on in just a minute. But I wanted to take a moment and talk about the big picture, if you will, the the galactic picture, the the cosmic picture, the divine um, plan. I don't know if that's the right word, but the notion of us as human beings on this planet. Um, of course, we're all witnessing a very um, decisive chapter in our human story. And we are here, you, me, Sharon, all of us are here with a purpose to our life, with an intent to our life. And during this turmoil, during this shift in human consciousness, it can really help to understand more of the big picture, more of the, perhaps the purpose of going through this change, perhaps the purpose of your particular life path, the purpose of of these ascended masters and, and beings that are here to help us. Um, but the bottom line of all of this is the human experience. It's quite clear when we look at the mythology of humanity that uh, we came here to solve our problems as human beings. In other words, glowing orbs will not descend from the skies and wipe our troubles away. We're given fierce free will to come here and choose whatever we want to choose. That's the whole point of free will. And we're given fierce free will. So, the point I'm getting at here is, it is going to be through human beings recognizing their power, recognizing their truth, recognizing that it is the human being that's going to be the vehicle of change, perhaps the most important vehicle of change. And we don't always see ourselves in that role because we assign God some kind of a galactic attribute. God is the powerful being. God is almighty. God is this. God is that. But God's not going to come down here except through physical form, through human beings, through the personification of source consciousness as you, as me, to make the changes through our human form. And what I really like about the show tonight is um the scope, the 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 vastness of the perspective, if you will, that Sharon brings to this perspective, especially with her book, The Light Within Atlantis. And uh, 
Um, I'm really delighted for this episode. I think it's going to be a very um, interesting and dynamic interview. Sharon Millen Barber is of Bengal Rose Healing, and she is the international author of seven books and a medium based in Newport, South Wales in the United Kingdom. Through her work with spirit, she loves to help people find happiness and heal, raising their positive energy levels with messages from, from loved ones in spirit. She is also a guiding light to teach others about the spiritual path and mediumship. I think it's time we get to it. Join me in welcoming Sharon to the show. Welcome to the show, Sharon. Thank you, Les. Thanks for having me on. You know, um, A Light Within Atlantis, uh, what a book. I have to tell you, I was delighted to look at not only how easy it was to read, but uh, the many different levels of information there were in the book. Now, let's. how about we start off with what got you to writing a book about Atlantis? Well, um, I've been writing books for four years, and they've been the books I've been writing have really been based about um, the mediumship side of my work, um, how spirit works with us, and so I did six books along that theme. And then every time I write a book, Les, I think that's the last book. <laughs> <laughs> and then my guides go, "No, hang on, we're going to write this book. We're going to write another book, but it's actually going to be completely different to your other book." It was what I call out of the box. Um, so I was quite safe in writing, channeling information about the spiritual side, how they work with us, felt very comfortable with that. And they just said to me, this book's going to be completely different. And it took me, I reckon, about three or four months to actually get it in my head. And that's Because when I go to write a book, I don't know what the book is. It's not in my head, if you can understand me, because I'm channeling it. Sure. So I have to allow them to come forward. And I said, okay. I trust you and they said this book is about Atlantis um, but there's a lot more information that's going to go in it and there's going to be a story within a story so the story of an incarnation Atlantis and the story of the character that incarnates so I then went okay <laughs> they always give me the title of the book first before I do anything which I don't know if that's what happens to other people um, if that's happened to you and you've written and then and then I just wait for the information and then they start off with the pre the first page, the prefix page, I think you call it, the preface page. Yep. That sort of sets the tone for the book and then the rest just comes. Sure. Well the book I mean, um you you talk about so many aspects of consciousness and and the uh, what should I say, the span or the the scope of the many, many different dimensions that consciousness can yeah. um embody. Um not to not to keep it in the physical sense, but also the uh higher energy realms where there's not a physical body associated with the deity. But you're um I really liked how um 
as you tell the story, you kind of incrementally walk the reader through the different dimensions and the and the uh, um, and the attributes associated with those dimensions: third, fourth, fifth, yeah. etc. And also um, uh, planets and and the like the types of uh, animals and people incarnating and and how how that connects back to source consciousness. It, 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 I find it to be a very fascinating book. Thank you. Um, yeah, the, the trying to put it into a language that. Um, we can all understand a lot of the the guides at the moment on earth and they've done it for a few years are channeling to many people the spiritual connection um and i'm sure your books have been channeled in a form as well that they're trying to get books at different levels of ascension and understanding um for, for readers to be able to understand there's so much more than heaven and earth if you want to narrow it down sure um you know, when to really narrow it down, the the basic belief is we go back to the spirit world and think of it as heaven. Um, people get confused because as a medium you bring forward loved ones as how they were on earth because that's their essence, but actually they are a spiritual ascension being and we all go back into different levels. But also through my work, through soul connection, through trance and through writing, um, my belief system is that we actually come from other places as well as what we call the spirit realm or we want to narrow it down to heaven and this book actually shows that it explains so we start off with the character on her planet um, explaining about her life um, and obviously family and it talks about something called the intergalactic council which you probably noticed and the overseers, and the overseers are what we'd understand as the God level, and the Intergalactic Council is been put mm. together over thousands of years, it's gone on for a very long time, pulling together the ascension beings and the planets that want to work in the love and help the universe. Um, so that's the first thing that they try to portray in the book. Um, with the dimension levels it's very interesting talking to other people because I love to talk to other people because even though I believe what's written other people sometimes have other takes on things and some people, someone said to me the other day there's not such a thing as dimensions but I said yes there is because they've got to put it into a language that we understand um, there's layers of consciousness there's layers of being and higher, lower levels up to higher levels so they define it into dimension, so we as humans can understand it, if that makes sense. Well, sure. Because we, we have to be able to put it into boxes of this existence they're trying to explain to us. Well, I mean, just imagine going back um, a, a blink of an eye in time, like 500 years, and explain, yeah. explain to somebody a cell phone <clears throat> or the <clears throat> Internet or how to do a um, uh, how you can have any question answered with a an internet search engine, and conceptually they have nothing to tie that to. That's right. And so you'd have to create a 
something they could relate to. So I I totally get the idea of um, communicating to us with these conceptual ideas that aren't necessarily a direct translation to what is, but it's enough in our realm that we can wrap our noggin around it and yeah. un- and understand <laughs> it, right? That's right, because if I, you know, six years ago, I tried to read some books similar to what I've written, and I could not get my head around it because I wasn't that far on my path in understanding. Right. But as I've progressed and had the privilege to now teach and, you know, spirit working with me, you know, steering me in different directions, it's almost like you progress on this learning path. So while you're on the earth plane, you actually ascend as you're here, if that makes sense. Sure. So your your understanding of what they're trying to tell you becomes clearer. Um, the other thing is there's a part in the book where the um, the character is heading towards the incarnation stage and she goes into multidimensional splits. I don't know if you got that far with it. And she visits different planets. Well, these planets actually exist and this might sound a bit out of weird, but I've actually, through my dreams and through my um, own, like, astral travelling, soul travelling, yes. I've actually been to these places and I was allowed to remember them so I could describe them. Oh, nice. I like <laughs> that. Yeah, so that's um, that's another way they work with me. They bring it into... Because when, when you, um, as a medium, I see spirit in my sleep, or I get messages in my sleep, um, they come to us in our conscious state where we're, you know, haven't got our busy minds. So a lot of mediums and people who can have opened up a bit more to connect do see their loved ones in spirit and get messages. And it's the same with any being. They can connect with us in that way um, and take us to where we need to be and give us information. Well, sure. And, you know, when we... Um when we chose to incarnate on planet Earth at this time, pretty much regardless of where we came from, the uh, if you look at Earth's history in the last several thousand years, we're we have we have walked to the edge of death. I mean, we oh yeah the war machine, the the um, human hostility towards human. Um, uh, slavery and and trafficking. I mean the yeah. the the pain it's index. Pretty horrific. Yes, the pain index on this planet has been pretty much off the charts, and the like the Mayan calendar predicted. Um, we're on we're on on the cusp of the transformation of a planet. And we're yeah. we're watching it happen, and I know sometimes, especially in the United States politics, it can look like a flipping circus. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> like UK in the last few weeks, <laughs> the um, w- um, we came here uh, really as a very brave souls, because Definitely. when when we incarnated, for the vast majority of us, we forgot. We forgot the connection we have to the higher realms. We forgot our lineage. We forgot our our history of incarnating to prepare us for this lifetime. We're and, warriors. Yeah. yeah. And so 
what I like about your book is it it's such a um, it's it's so easy to digest. It it's such a a delightful way to um, remember who we are and remember that yeah. that we're not just rookie humans, you know, um, running around in the circus trying to figure out where the damn door is. <laughs> But rather, but but rather, uh, come to realize who we really are, so we can stand up and speak our voice and speak our truth to help others discover that truth within themselves. Yeah, because when I when I channeled this book, this knowledge was not in my head. You know, that's what always amazes me. And you know, to think the Atlantis story went on for thousands and thousands of years, and there was actually five experiments. Um, now, I've always been drawn to Atlantis. I don't know if you have, but I've always had that in my life for some reason. Never, I, never, I don't say I've been incarnated into Atlantis, but I've always been drawn to it. Um, so when, when they were writing it and writing the history, I was thinking, wow, but actually, I don't know if you realise how in-depth you managed to get into reading, but the actual character of the book questions what these overseers do within Atlantis, the way they did the experiment, because it's almost like they were creating human beings from different alien species um, to, to create a utopia, and basically everyone failed for different reasons, which is in the book. I'm not going to go into too much detail. Obviously, I want people to read it and start to absorb that side of things. But there's different reasons why they failed, and, it, and it's to do with the human, the, the physical human side of it. Back then, they were manipulating DNA. They started off with a single gender in the experiment, then went to multi, and they were basically were experimenting. And I still believe now that we are under an experiment of some sort. Well, sure. And Egypt was definitely, and that's going to be in my next book actually. Egypt is definitely a phase where they brought hybrids back to the planet and things. And um, some some of that failed because they died young. Or, you know, a lot of these um, Egyptian gods we see that have been dug up and whatever. Yeah. I don't know if you've watched any of these programs, but um, you see about different shaped heads and things like that. A lot yes. of that is from um, ascension beings influencing, again, the humans the human side of things. Well, yes. And um, through other conversations with other guests on the show, the the human um, genome, the human DNA is really an exceptional accomplishment, if you will. Um, yeah. Not, not in the sense that they figured out DNA that makes it all easy. No, 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 no. Not, it's, it's not that our DNA makes us um, uh, off the hook with our free will, um, but rather our DNA is uh, is perhaps unique in the in the sense that um, we can embody a vast uh, amount of higher consciousness in physical form. And and our our body mechanics, if you will, can capitulate the desire of that higher energy into physical form quickly. Jesus uh, demonstrated that with 
miracles of manifesting um, instantaneously. And he, yeah, he was, a, he was, yeah, he was an amazing medium and healer. He was. And he said, you know, come on, belly up to the bar. Y'all are going to do what I'm doing and more. What the hell? And so, so we're really, for the most part, we're very old souls with uh, just a ton of, um, of history of incarnation. And we've come into these human genetic bodies that afford very powerful manifestation modalities. Yeah, on a planet that's that's in a um, karmic quagmire, <laughs> you know. Well, the, yeah. The, the other thing which I was made aware of this week, because um, I work obviously with the physical energy of spirit or ascension beings a lot, is it actually can affect the physical body when working with us and channeling. So you have to stay, you have to make sure you get lots of healing and stuff. Um, but you know, going back to the Atlantis and all these experiments, that's exactly what they did. They they self healed. They did not have um, the medicine we have now. Um, and the funny thing you're saying about the DNA, because in the book it tells about the twelve strands of DNA right. and how um, they influenced the different species added to the DNA influence, trying to create this um, hybrid human that would in the high energy all the time and not allow the ego which was developing as part of their existence to start influencing them to darker sides I suppose like greed fear sure all the stuff that brings us down into our heads lower energies they never they did this they, they achieved it for quite long periods of time but in the fifth experiment where it failed again. There is actually a bit of a twist to that story, which I didn't see coming. Obviously, not won't tell you. But um, yeah, there's a quite because the universe is full of good and bad, love and dark. It's not all love. Do you know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> so even with these high beings trying to create this beautiful utopia on Earth, um, there were influences from other sources that were trying to counteract it, basically. So. That, that's in the book as well about you know it's not it's not all love and light out there in the universe right well i mean here we are on planet earth and none of us consider ourselves um, what should i say active atlanteans in other words the culture didn't survive no. um, and and so here we are again <laughs> <laughs> and yet another attempt to uh to transform. So but I think the um I would suspect that a vast majority of us that are incarnated on the planet now certainly incarnated incarnated during the Atlantean phases. And yes. we we bring with us a memory of of the history, if you will, of those eras that we may um resolve those things that kept us from sustaining ourselves as a culture yeah it was um you know i look back i had a quick flip through the book today because i have to remind myself of the book because um because i don't know if it's because i channeled it and then it sort of goes out of my head but yeah i went to the the story side of it where the um character incarnates because her planet it she's the first person of her planet to be chosen for this 
or we could call it an incarnation program um, under with the overseers overseeing it and the Galactic Council. And um, her character from day one is a very high ascension child. And um, the Atlantis, the fifth Atlantis experiment, was overseen by 12 celestial guardians which we would understand as archangels, like Michael, Raphael. Sure. But they've written it in a way that back then they weren't called archangels because that wasn't the language that we used. So they were light beings, and they were um, defined by their colour because um, light, um, ascension beings work with um, energy, light, so the light energy, colour is a very strong energy for them, and they also work with harmonic sound. So these these celestial beings are overseeing that Atlantis experiment. Well, the character in the book, when she was a child, was saw one, um, because they used to sometimes come down and see the priestesses in the temple, and she was in the temple sometimes. And she drew it, and she drew it as a human with wings, because that's how her mind portrayed it. So, and that's how humans have portrayed angels for centuries, isn't it? As um, yes. human beings. So, a lot of this in this book is trying to tell us, in a way that you know, human the human mind, it, you know, if like I said, um, yesterday, if a light being suddenly stood in a room, we'd probably all have a different perspective of it, of how we see things, and that's like how humanity portrayed Jesus. There's people through history that um, I always think Leonardo da Vinci was the, must have been an amazing man. And he, part of the mind and the power of the human is that if we can get into that state of ascension, we can connect to the human, um, to the universal knowledge pot, as they call it. I always imagine this cauldron full of knowledge. It's actually like an amazing place full of knowledge where they store everything. And, that, and people like Leonardo da Vinci, I'm actually con- convinced somehow his mind is tapping into stuff that was way beyond the human stage at that time, if that makes sense. Sure. And, and that's through history with man, that is. Well, and I think it's there today for yes, for is. all of us if we set it as an intention. If... Like, uh, I think Tesla's another one that um, transcended quite a bit of time as far as linear learning. I think he, he tapped into some um, higher realms of consciousness. But, you know, the curious thing, though, is that when we get in physical form, there's no safety net <laughs> in, <laughs> in that we have, we, we have really fierce free will and yeah, I, I mean we build we build nuclear bombs and then we build an arsenal big enough to blow the whole damn place up and nobody stopped us and it's well I, I think that has to come with uh, power I, I mean if we're truly going to be powerful and it's inherent in our nature that we come to understand that we are indeed very powerful beings we have to come to terms with every aspect of that power yeah and and that's why the perhaps the atlantean chapters are an example of us 
trying to master the art of embodying that power and not tipping the card over because our egos go, ooh, power, and grab the will away from our hearts and, and crash the place. It's funny you should say this because this book actually makes us very aware that we can, humans can exist without a, a soul because our ego is actually our power for survival but it's also our power for self-destruction and in the book there's two ways um, these higher beings have chosen to try to move planets towards a better way of being one is the incarnation of the soul and the other one is um, the overseers can and this is the if the planet of this book is actually one of those planets they did it to um, the Dracorat planet which the story is based around um, that they actually came to that planet many many they call them heons ago we'd call it years um, heons ago of time and they gave them um, a crystal with all the information for ascension and picked some beings from their planet to be like priestess of this information and left it with them and basically through their they saw the errors of their way and um, they managed to change their planet to a planet where they ascended towards a five-dimensional way of being and love and through that they then connected to the intergalactic council to the knowledge of a species started helping them and yeah, that's how they ascended through, but they did not have incarnated souls, they had their own beings of their own essence, as we have as humans. My spirit guide calls it our essence, so I always think of it as the human soul, not the incarnated soul. Right. That's well, a bit deep, isn't it? <laughs> well, no, I mean, we need to go deep. We need to go deep to understand ourselves in a more... Um, authentic way so you know so in your book the the character is coming from the from her her planet and on that planet they have high council they have yeah. high priests and high priestess and 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 these are um just as an observation holders of consciousness these are beings that are anchored in the in the authentic um uh, i don't know divinity of consciousness where they're they're yeah, based, they're, they're, yeah. based in un unconditional love and so yeah. if i just daydream about our culture now right now today and i look at our 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 dynamics who what words do we give spiritual beings so there's jesus and we call him a savior and uh there might be a mystic or an oracle, but we don't really have that that high priest high priestess language yet reestablished and and so you, Sharon, and myself and our listeners, many of us have come here to reintroduce perhaps the um the notion of being a high priest or a high priestess. For our culture, although we might choose new terms this time around, but ultimately to to more embody uh, unconditional love, to more embody that higher wisdom while still in physical form is is I, from my perspective a, a very important aspect to anchor our future 
in, yeah. in that higher realm, if that makes sense. Yeah, they, um, I've written about this um, in a, another book, which is about my past lives. Um, there was a point in history where they realized, you know, in the human world, they were fading Earth, which was in the, sec- the end of the Second World War. Um, I actually was a guide to a, a child in the Second World War. And at the end of it, it's written in a way where they um, dissect why you were chosen to be that guide for that child. And they actually declared in the book that um, that the history of the wars and everything, they were trying their best to stop them from happening. But you were saying earlier about the ego and how we've allowed nuclear bombs and stuff. And they decided at that point that it's almost like they could walk away from us but they didn't and they pulled other ascension beings in from other parts of the universe who've been working with us all since and that's also the time that UFOs became on the scene or became more prominent the watch has been around for centuries but it's just that it became more noticeable and things started to change on Earth and also at that time they brought in what they they called just a simple simple phrase is like star children sure they started started to bring them in and especially in the last 20 years it's been a massive flood of children where they've um now they say they've they've um changed their dna a bit they're not transporting babies up to starships they're not operating quick as the embryo starts to grow they actually can do this from their high ascension power of thought um way beyond anything we can understand and these children have been coming to us for a long period. Some have been called Crystal Rainbow. I don't know if you've heard of all of this. Sure, Indigo. And again, they've just been put into categories. Um, and a lot of this, is, I believe, has caused the autism and a lot of the things for t- children's development because they're on a different frequency. And they've had trouble dealing with the Earth energy. But uh, in the last five years, they've been trying to adjust this so the children that are being born now will be working better with the the earth frequency but they're battling all the time because earth's changing because of pollution the magnetic poles are shifting slightly and the energy of earth vibrates out and they're continuously having to adjust all the time it's like a continuous battle with <laughs> the heavy earth energy to try and bring these children forward and make and they'll be the warriors of the future, like we are. Indeed, and uh, uh, what should I say? Consciousness at, with a with a big C. I'm, um, we're really stacking the deck in our favor to transform this this planet. I mean, we've already talked about the atrocity of the past thousands of years. Where yeah. I mean, with the incarnation of these gifted children and and you and I and our listeners are getting um, awakened through our our own inspiration, through our dream time education. We we really set ourselves up to be helped, if you will. In other words, yeah. we're uh, we're not here having a show talking about how we're on our own as a human being. We're talking about layer upon layer upon layer of these, uh, what shall I say, celestial beings that are totally um, focused on serving, helping, guiding us in every way possible. So it's 
it really is an exciting time, even though it's so chaotic and sometimes very painful. It's a very exciting time in our human dynamic. I've, I know fellow mediums like myself, very experienced mediums, going back 20, 30 years, you do not really acknowledge these ascension beings. And I've had near arguments where they've said, well, where's the proof? How can you prove it to me, Sharon? And I, and I, and I came away from this conversation once and I thought, actually, I'm clairvoyant. I bring forward your grandfather, I bring forward the evidence of his life, and I bring forward the evidential evidence and the messages. I can then connect to an ascension being who shows themselves to me and gives me information as clear as I see a dead person in spirit. But because they don't know this ascension being and they don't trust that information because it wasn't their grandfather or somebody, you see what I mean? Yeah, it's like, sure. And I said, well, I see them as clearly as I see your relative or whoever I'm bringing forward. Um, sometimes I've even seen them with the physical eye. So I I say the proof is in the world. Look around you. Look at the conversations we're having now. Look at how many people are being given same information, same predictions about the future. You know, across the world, it's all in perhaps slightly different languages or slightly different levels. But there's, there's books being lots of books, lots of or shows like this, people speaking out. And you couldn't have done that. Up, you know, it's really only in the ten the last 10 or 20, 30 years, I think, where we've been allowed to change and be more free-thinking. Because I definitely would have been locked up a few years ago, Les. Yeah, I know that <laughs> feeling. I <certainly laughs> I'd have been dragged off of a straitjacket. <laughs> well, but um, I, I like and agree with everything you're saying, but I, I don't think that person's too far off to be skeptical because... There will be beings that come from ascended places that have less than in, uh, good intentions. Oh, yes, yes. And yes. so I think to, to calibrate our BS detectors is a very good thing. And, yes, and, to, yes. and to question, because there'll be, because um, a being can master the art of physics, if you will, to the point of creating miracles to our human eyes. In other words, um, evolved uh, humanoid type beings can arrive on planet Earth and perform miracles compared to what we're used to. And to the untrained ego, we can easily identify them as gods or, or saviors, and they have no intention of saving our asses. They're, they're more looking like harvesting our asses. And so, the, so yeah. some discernment, you know, I, I think it's a good thing. It, it's good to calibrate your BS detector because there will be plenty of BS coming around the, the I band. think that's what I liked about this book when I read it back through with the character was um, revealing this history from Earth, which actually questioning <laughs> um, the it, the um, the ethics behind some of the experiments and some of the things that was going on, because she was seeing it with a fresh eye, as we would. So, um, which I, so that's exactly as you're saying, was it correct 
um, and there is good and bad, which actually comes out in this book, to be honest, especially towards the end. Um, it's exactly what happened. So, but but yeah. we don't have to be afraid in the sense that our essence. Sure, we have the this flesh and bones body, and and yes, our egos can be afraid of death. But the essence, the truth of us, the core of our consciousness is untouchable by human intentions. We can go lose our life in war or an accident or whatnot, but the continuity of our consciousness is assured. Yeah. I've I've been introduced to soul connection work this year with my guide, which is proving really valuable towards my work and bringing it um, anybody that starts on a spiritual journey with me now um, so even people that just come just to learn more about it I, I start them off with the soul connection because a lot of us are walking around yes thinking we've got a soul but we don't acknowledge it and we don't work with it and it's a very powerful source for us the intuition, the knowing so that can, I've been, I think you perhaps do work like this as well where that's the source of the starting point so if I get this of Fred Bloggs off the road, he comes in and says to me, can you tell me about the spiritual journey, help me connect to my guides, help me with my intuition, help me understand, that's my starting point now with them. Sure. Which yeah. helps with the ascension connection. And and the more you um, reconnect or perhaps re-identify with your soul, I, I suggest the less fear you have yeah. of the physical realm. And and when the ego can put fear down and and take a deep breath, for many of us on the planet, that in and of itself is an accomplishment because so many people never come out of ego long enough to have a smoke or chill out or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, yeah. People wring their hands their whole life in fear of what might be. Yeah, because I've, you know, I've had um, some, you know, on the spiritual path, you come across people that perhaps aren't so nice to you for certain reasons, and you react to it in a certain way. And I'm going, is that my ego? Yeah. <laughs> I think right, well, just sort of let that go and go back to soul base and carry on with my mission as I see it here, whatever that is. And um, it's their truth, not mine. And you, naturally, when you work in this field, you're going to have those hiccups in your path. If you probably experienced it as well. But it's um, it's a learning learning curve with all the while. It's, um, yeah, it's an amazing experience, really. To be honest, I feel very privileged. Well, indeed. And so you've written a book about Atlantis, and. Now you're incarnate in yet another transformation of human consciousness um, that could perhaps be um, um, compared to the next chapter of an Atlantean-type attempt of consciousness. Do you see, um, having written about Atlanta, Atlantis, do you see... Um, new dynamics in in this chapter, this unfolding of our of our human story. I I see them trying to readjust 
I don't think they ever go back to the experiments they did, but I'm, what, they, they're, what they're doing now is attacking it all in a different way. So they're working, I think, I don't know if I'm answering this right, but they're, they're working with us through communication, through trance mediumship. That's very evidential. They're working through book messages. Um, there's people that have been probably getting, people talk of downloads. I don't know if you've heard of that. Sure. Um, which, again, the skeptics will say, oh, my God, you don't know what they're downloading into you. And um, I hear so many different things, but I feel what spirit or ascension beings are trying to do now is bring in loads of different ways for us to see there's a bigger picture and get us out of this dark box we're in. Um, religion is one of the barriers to this. I've got my guide with me called John and he's just kicked in on this actually. He's obviously his subject. He said religion on earth is one of the barriers to ascension because it's quite narrow-minded. Um, and it limits the thinking. So this, this is where we have to all become one and think and care for each other and bring the kindness and the love no matter where we are in our hierarchy. Um, and I don't know how you feel sometimes, but I get this massive overwhelming feeling sometimes less when I start to talk about this because it's such a massive thing for the world to do. And sometimes I find it so overwhelming I get emotional and I have to suddenly take myself back to me and just concentrate on what I'm doing day to day, helping towards this big goal they're trying to achieve. It's, um... Well, the I totally identify with the uh, the, the religious comment. Uh, my last book, uh, Forgiven Sinner, God's Last Savior, if we don't heal our relationship with God, yeah. we cannot stand in our power. And... It's quite clear, you can look at any chapter of any history of, of perhaps any planet, and zero times does some glowing orb come down and waves some light wand and poof, erase. <laughs> it doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. And the archangels, so they're, I love them, I love them, but... As powerful as they are, they don't reach over our shoulder ever and grab the steering wheel and take over. And the point I'm getting at here is you need flesh. You need flesh and bones. You have yeah. to have a body to, to kick ass in this, in this, um, in this uh, paradigm, this dynamic. And so you have a body. I have a body. Our listeners have a body. We... We are the people that are to embody the power of unconditional love. We are the yeah. vehicle of the change of the human direction. It's not the the hyper, uh, the ascended masters, the archangels, the uh, God deities. They're they're here to help us, but they're certainly not going to do it for us. So, no, definitely not. <laughs> it. it you kind of have to take some ownership of the fact that you have a body and the fact that you're a very old soul that chose to incarnate to kick some ass. And and when you go to write a powerful book, Sharon, I imagine there's times when your ego's like, what the hell's this stuff? And And yet, after time transpires, you see the 
the immense benefit of it. I mean, the, the Light Within Atlantis, that book is is very powerful on many different levels, and you you are the vehicle of it coming into physical form on this planet. How cool is that? <laughs> wow, I never thought about it like that. I, I suppose like, it's almost like I, I do it, and I then it goes out there, and then I move to the next thing. So I'm actually writing the next book following on from this, which is even more wow. And the stuff they're channeling, I'm like a bit gobsmacked at the moment and it's almost like I'm, I'm, I'm going whoa okay then I, I, you know I, am I eating too much cheese or something <laughs> 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 mustn't have that glass of wine again <laughs> <laughs> I'm like whoa but you know we'll see what this one brings <laughs> well and, and, you know we're talking on a radio sh- show now and, and there's blogs and there's tweets I mean Humanity has really set up a, a, a marvelous vehicle for us to co- connect and communicate with each other. The you spirit love love our technology. They adore it for getting their information out there. You can pull your phone out and call anybody on the planet instantaneously. Yeah. You can pull your phone and, Ooh, and you can search the Internet for for information that has spanned the last thousands of years and call it up in a moment. I mean, we've really set ourselves up for a for a very powerful environment that allows yeah. us. I mean, you're across the ocean and I'm I'm here in America and we're chatting like we're in the same room. I know. I'd like to meet you, actually. It'd be quite fascinating. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure I'll... When I'm I'll, next over, I'll, I'll look you up. <laughs> well, either come to the States or I'm sure I'll be to London again, or, I mean, England, I, or that area. I, I don't know the terminology per se, but um, yeah. I'm, I'm sure a pass will cross. But, it, I mean, in truth, we're here to really, really waken up to the notion that we are these infinite divine beings that have access to just insane amounts of wisdom and and really raw power because we are source consciousness personified yeah and it's it's time for us to kind of pull up our our pants and stand up straight and say what the hell i mean let let's clean up this mess and get to it if you know what i mean you know it's only Last year, Les, I actually, because I'm actually a graphic designer by trade, and that's what I've done for over 20 or 30 years, and, it, and I've been doing this work alongside earning money, and I decided to go full-time with it, and um, it wasn't until last year when I stood in a gallery and my husband was putting his pictures in, and the lady said to me, you know, what do you do, Sharon? And I said, I'm a medium and a healer, and I'm an author of spiritual books, and she looked at me and went, wow, and I said, so as you actually, it's the first time I've actually said that to someone. Yeah, right. <laughs> because I've been, and, and as soon as I made that leap forward and stopped worrying about what all my other medium friends are doing and healer friends are doing, and I accepted my journey, the doors started to open. Sure. And block you can block your own power through your own fear of what people think of you. Sure. And I was doing that. I always admit my faults, you know. Sure. And I... I I don't ram myself down people's throats, to be honest, Les. I let it naturally come to them because I know my guides are bringing it to people. But I know they're working hard for, to bring people like you to me to bring the message out. 
And it's like with your books, you know, how they find their way out there and your messages in your books as well. You mean you don't uh, strong arm them, hold them down, and just spiritually flog them until they submit? <laughs> no, flog the book down. Oh. <laughs> I drew an I'm image there believer. for a minute. <laughs> I'm a great believer that spirit will bring people to you that are needed for your personality, your experiences. Sure. Um, and then you'll be like guiding. I mean, I've, got, I've got mentors. I still go to workshop. I still develop. I never ever believe I'll ever stop that. Sure. Um, mentors to other people, so there's that rotation going on at the moment, and there's a, there's a lot of spiritual awakening. People admitting what they're doing. It's not a closed shop now. Um, the trance work's coming out into the public. You know, physical mediumship's becoming more. The awareness is more out there. Oh and, yeah. Um, that then helps with books like Atlantis. And those that are progressing on their spiritual path as they ascend and their understanding is raised. Um, if you sit in a trance circle and an ascension being comes through and they start talking in a an odd language, you can ask them to translate it. Some mediums will go, oh, no, that's not evidential. And others will go, wow, this is amazing. Which is, I'm one of those. You know, let's talk to this being. Let's get some wisdom and philosophy and advice for us to help with our planet, you know. Sure. Well, we've had many channelers on this show, and um, I think that's part of how we set ourselves up. Uh, we we set ourselves up with these mechanisms to to bring access to the the higher wisdom, the higher perspective, so we can more fully awaken in in physical form. Because most of the people that are quote spiritual leaders, unquote, um, at this time were not aware of it when they were born. There was some form of awakening along their journey. Uh, mine was, um, took me quite a few years. I had things happen to me. I thought, which, I don't know, like I, when I was young, I thought Jesus was an alien. And my mother was a Catholic, my dad was a Christian. They sort of com combined it together and ended up both being Christian went to Sunday school and all of that, and I kept thinking, mm, Jesus is an alien. But where did that come from? Nobody told me. There's <laughs> <laughs> so someone in my subconscious or my soul, they were leaking out, oh, Jesus isn't what you think he is, he's something else. He's more of a high ascension being, he came to earth or whatever. And, I'm, and I never saw the Bible, I saw it as a story, I never saw it as it was trying to be taught to me. So there's something sometimes in you that triggers even early that you don't understand. And as you, you know, it was in my 40s that all of this really kicked off with me. And then it became apparent that all these little things had happened to me through my life with this build-up to this moment where I suddenly thought, hey, hey, there's, what's it, what is this spiritual existence? Let's start exploring it. Yeah, it's, so. it's funny when you look back at your life that things that were seemingly unrelated to your spiritual journey in hindsight becomes quite relevant, like... Um, I shared with you, I work with television transmitters before mm -hmm. I became spiritually awoken, and that helped me put a language, a Western language, to what power is. And and so I spent decades working in broadcast television, and then the spiritual two-by-four cracked me open, and now I'm... I'm I'm broadcasting, but the the true intent is a, a spiritual 
platform to to help people connect with wisdom like this. Well, an hour can go by pretty fast. I want to make sure our audience knows about your services, your books. Can you take all the time you need and convey to us your books and your and the services and how the audience can connect with you? Okay. Um, well, I've got seven books out. I've got a book called Utopia, which is the first book, and it's about um, how spirit works with us. There's, there's life connections in there, how people discovered their past, um, stuff about UFOs, angels, and it's a book to make you think there's more than just yourself. Um, then there's a book called The Magic of Spirit, which is how spirit works with us, like the signs, feathers, coins, smells. There's a lot more to that book than that. That's just a really quick breakdown for you there. Um, the Magic of, of Words is a follow-on about positivity, the way we think, how we change the way we think and our attitude, which helps us on our spiritual path. Um, and then there's Ada Line, um, The Spirit Within, which is about my soul's journey, and it's seven of my incarnation um, journeys plus a, a spirit guide. And it's actually an incarnation an incarnation regression that brought me into this spiritual path um, uh, a few years ago. Then I've got a book called Step Into the Mind of a Medium, which is about how to become a medium, and there's different areas in there about what to look out for and how to go about it, and, and teaching in there of exercises. And then there's something called Heavenly Guidance, which is something called Spiritual Writing, where my guides have come forward with words to help humanity. And it's the sort of thing I'd use in a church service. And then I've got something called inspiration cards, which are 44 cards of inspirational daily guidance. And, of course, I've got the, the book Atlantis. I'm on, um, I've got a website. Shall I give you that, Les? Uh, please. Yeah, uh, www.bengalrose.co.uk. And I'm on Twitter, S. Bengal Rose. I've got a YouTube channel, Sharon Bengal Rose. There's over 100 recorded videos on there of inspiration and ideas. I'm happy for you to email me at Sharon at Bengal Rose Co. UK. And Bengal Rose is B E N G A L R O S E. So, um, also, my books are on Amazon and they're worldwide. So, you could call me an international author, Les. <laughs> or intergalactic author. So <laughs> mostly in the UK. <laughs> um, yes, and, and my actual work is I'm a medium, um, clairvoyant medium, and I do do readings. I do phone readings. I've done phone readings to, to the US actually, and I do sometimes do live guidance stuff on on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook, and I run a spiritual development. Um, call it a centre, it's a it's a like a church on Sundays in Wales. I'm in Newport, South Wales in the UK. So so I've got a lot of things going on. I'm very busy. Well very nice. I'm glad you shared all that with our audience. <laughs> well you. um our time's about up. Sharon, I wanted to thank you for being our guest on the show tonight. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. It's been wonderful, and I can't thank you enough for inviting me. It's been very exciting. I felt quite nervous as well. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's wonderful. 
Thank you for the opportunity. We've been talking to Sharon Millen Barber, and the topic tonight has been the light within Atlantis. What a great episode. That was such a fun conversation. Thank you, Sharon, for sharing um, the really the compassion you have for humanity and the passion that you have to be a vehicle of of conveying information for people to better understand their role and the bigger picture. It's it's always a pleasure bringing you, the listener, episodes like this that help broaden your perspective of your role here, broaden your perspective of this chapter of our human story. It's a, it's a very <laughs> it's a very exciting time to be alive, and it's really time for us to stand up and and own who we are, to own our purpose, to own our our knowingness. I mean, so many of us are old souls that prepared for many lifetimes for this particular incarnation so we could be a vehicle for humanity. How powerful is that? How powerful of a incarnation is that to be a vehicle of change for humanity? Well, you, the listener, have shown up for yourself. You've listened to this episode, and I applaud you for that. I created New Human Living to help people understand the value of the power of love, to understand how to embody love, to understand how to energetically be a more authentic, a more pure vessel for the truth of who they are. We're all here to play out powerful storylines. It's... uh, and, and episodes like this help us awaken to that that bigger understanding of just who we are. Hey, I'm your host, Les Jensen. As always, it's a pleasure sharing this time with you. I want to thank you for listening. Until next time. This has been a New Human Living radio broadcast. You can raise your own personal power with Personal Power Fundamentals Home Study Course at NewHumanLiving.com. Thanks for listening.